Least try to trap in the backboard. They do not face guard the ball. I think you got to foul as quickly as you can. Doesn't really matter who's got it. So. Miller Cop into Galloway. Backcourt to Shafino. He's trapped in trouble on nearly a 10 count. He throws it to midcourt. Galloway saves it with seven. And Trace Jackson Davis picks up the ball and slams it in. 71-68 as they beat the timeline. And then Jackson Davis with the two. Here's Melendez for the tie. Oh. Missed it. And the ball game is over. The ball game is over. The Hoosiers were in big trouble in the backcourt. And they got it across the timeline. Galloway just kind of shoveled it ahead to Trace Jackson Davis. He slammed it in. And the Hoosiers win it by three. So it goes, so it goes. What a what a college basketball game in Bloomington today. Illini shorthanded, a little under the weather, have a lead in the second half, up as much as nine in Bloomington, but they fall short today to the Hoosier 71-69. Welcome into the Fasteners Etc. postgame show here on News Talk 1400 and Light Rock 97.5. Evan Kahn, Mike Latulip with you, breaking it all down. We want to hear your thoughts after this loss. But first, our rapid reaction brought to you by Cozad Asset Management for over 45 years, striving to serve financial needs and build lasting relationships with clients. Man, Mike, winning on the road is not easy. And the Illini, with some tough defense, was making it look easy for about 30 minutes. And then some some breaks, some little things don't go your way. And the Hoosiers come away with a, with a win today. Yeah, I thought it was a really good showing uh, you know, down the stretch, there are certainly some things that you can clean up. And I think that's a product of, I, I think you want to say that Matthew Myers, the guy down the stretch, but the fact that you maybe have to question it means that you may not have a singular guy, which is why the Io DeSumo years were uh, a bit of a breeze because you knew late who the ball was going to and everybody could kind of act accordingly. And Indiana has the same thing. They have kind of two guys they can go to, but TJD is the the main guy. I thought you made him work. I thought you made TJD work for, for the things that he got today. Uh, and I thought you didn't let it become a domino effect of him getting other guys going as well. But the fact of the matter is, <laughs> I don't want to keep coming on here and talking about, it was a really good bad college basketball game. Because we did the same thing after Iowa. It was a really good college <laughs> basketball game. It's just You want to be on the winning side mm-hmm. of that. I thought there were so many opportunities to close this one out. Um, there was one point in the game where I'm like, Indiana's begging you to win this game with the, the missed putbacks and the fouling and the pick six at half court. Coleman Hall, I mean, Luke Goody hits that three in the corner. It's probably a different story. And they go up 68-63. The game's probably over. So tough, 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 tough. But you, you bounce back and uh, you, you go and try to pick up a win here against Minnesota. First time the Illini have lost back-to-back games this season. They made it tough. But the Hoosiers finish it off in Bloomington, 71-68. That's our rapid reaction brought to you by Cozad Asset Management. You're up next. Give us a call, 217-356-9397 on the fan line or the Castle Heating and Cooling text line, 217-351-5357. couple of programming notes. A, we've got to be out by about three for Illinois baseball here on DWS. And also... We're waiting for Joey Wright to come back because everybody's covering all kinds of sports this weekend. So bear with me if you're you're on the fan line. We'll get you patched through. You're up next. Fasteners, etc. Postgame show. The following program is an exclusive presentation of News Talk 1400 and 93.9 FM WDWS, along with Light Rock 97.5 FM WHMS, Champaign-Urbana, Champaign Multimedia Group Stations. Fighting Illini game day coverage continues on your flagship home for Fighting Illini Athletics. News Talk 1400 at 93.9 FM and Light Rock 97.5. Now it's your turn on the Fasteners Etc. post-game show. Fasteners Etc., your partner in inventory management. Call us with your thoughts, 217-356-9397. Or text us on the Castle Heating and Cooling text line, 
Now, your hosts for the Fasteners Etc. Post Game Show, Evan Kahn and Mike LaTulip. Hamps to a cutting Matthew Meyer under the basket, up and in. Boy, Matthew Meyer looking to score today. He looks really aggressive. Danger left line extended to Meyer, shoots a three, buried another one. You can tell his body language, he's feeling good, and a timeout, Mike Woodson. As Matthew Meyer with eight points out of the gate, somebody's got to pick up the slack. Matthew Meyer knew that the Hoosiers made a big deal about his zero points at the State Farm Center last time out. Also knew he had to pick up some scoring slack after team leading scorer Trace Jackson Davis was ruled out with a concussion last night, and he was going off in the first half. Finishes with 24 and eight rebounds, Matthew Meyer. A lot of it in the first half, Illini come up short in the second half and they lose on the road 71-68. Fasteners etc. post game show Evan and Mike with you. You heard the numbers there from Gene. Uh, I think we had a, a caller drop out. If you want to call back 217-356-9397. We'll start with the fan line. Simeon's with us out in Virginia. How are we feeling after this one, Simeon? I um I would have liked to had the win. Um, but I'm, I'm, uh, you know, happy with the performance that we had. Um, I knew that this one would be tough. Um, that's why when I called in after the Penn State game, I was so, uh, I can't even think of the right word, upset. I just used upset after the Penn State game because I felt like we had the remedy for Penn State right there on the bench and we didn't use it. But um, I, uh, I, I thought this game – came down to just a couple small things. Uh, it was, I know two rebounds that if we'd have secured them, I, uh, cause I heard Mike talk about the, uh, uh, good, goody, uh, shooting the three, but it was a couple rebounds that if we'd have secured them, they ended up turning into points for, uh, for, uh, Indiana. If we did secure those that have put us over the top. And then when Coleman had the, uh, got the dunk and put it on, uh, put us up by two. I was thinking then I was like, okay, uh, if we, we hold them down on defense, uh, right here, we'll be good, but we were in drop coverage and, uh, it was no hard show from, um, from Dane and, uh, um, the point guard for Indiana, I can't think of his name was able to just to shoot, you know, basically a jump shot from the free throw line and, uh, and keep the game tied. But um, at the end, if I had my druthers, I would have rather seen uh, Maya take that shot instead of Jaden. But I understand what Jaden saw in him going to the bucket. Um, so, you know, I can live with that. Um, it's uh, one other comment, too. I, I wish uh, Coleman, which I think he played well, I wish he'd go to the basket a few more times than what he chooses to. But that's a, another story. But overall, I'm proud of this team. I'm proud of the coaching staff. Um, I just want Brad to get us ready for the for the tournament. I know we still got some games that we need to win in, in the conference, which I think we will uh, uh, do. I, I, I want to get that uh, uh, Northwestern game. I'd love to get the Purdue game. Um, but I, I knew today was going to be a tough one, even though, especially when I heard that uh, Ch- Terrence was out as well. I just knew it was going to be tough. Um, but we almost got it. So, guys, thanks for having me on, and uh, I hope I struck a different tone than I did last time. <laughs> I hope uh, Illinois Nation will forgive me uh, for that last one, but uh, we were just a play or two away from, you know, getting this game. So uh, thank you and Matt. I mean, thank you and Mike for having me on. Always appreciate the thoughts there, Simeon, a lot of them. And it funny how guys can – just rise to the occasion when somebody goes down and I imagine with a a concussion they knew Terrence Shannon was going to be out for a couple of days so they were able to uh, uh, account for that and and then for them to to come up right to the end it it will come down to a a few things and and those second chance points were a a big thing for Indiana really those were, were the shots that they were hitting were the second chance looks the first looks that they were getting they weren't really knocking them down yeah and look Simeon's exactly right there were 
plenty of opportunities to get stops towards the end. It, you know, the they were kind of seesawing back and forth uh, for those last probably 15 to 20 points of the game. Just felt like they were going back and forth and, you know, Illinois goes up and then they tie it and they go up and then they tie it. And w- what I was worried about was once Indiana captured that lead, whether, whether or not they were going to relinquish it. Because I think as you go into March, um, the first box that you want to check is whether or not your team has grown and if they're pl- and are they playing well. And I think this team has certainly grown and I think that they're certainly playing well. The next step is, do you know how to win? Because like, that's what it's going to come down to in March. In the Big Ten tournament, in the in the NCAA tournament, you're going to have games where if Matthew Meyer scores 20, and, and you know, assuming Terrence Shannon plays, but if you have a game where Jaden Epps is in double figures and Matthew Meyer has 24 points and five blocks and you get good contributions from Goody and Rodgers is pretty, like, you got to find a way to win those games. Uh, you have to capitalize on those games because – it, it ebbs and flows like the next game, maybe a, a game where Meyer's not shooting it particularly well. And now you're, you're up against it even more. So I think they just, right now I look around the league and, you know, Northwestern kind of knows how to win games. Um, they do it by limiting their opposition to one shot and they make free throws. And that's really what it ends up coming down to. So I want to see them improve on that. I want to see them when, when the game gets down to crunch time somebody's stepping up and just saying and honestly it's a feeling for teammates too being like hey no this is our guy and you can do it by committee sometimes but you need someone to to emerge and I think Epps can do that I think Meyer can do that but the gray area is where you kind of uh I don't know you struggle because it sounds like they wanted to go to Meyer or Dane but Epps ends up being the one to take the shot and I also know my last point here um, seemed like when when Epps got the ball thrown off him out of bounds with about a minute 40 left, Underwood called a play, and Epps broke it off and just dro- drove to the basket. So if it works out, great. But if you're going to break off a play, you better make damn sure you make that shot or get fouled or something good happens from it. So that's what I saw in the huddle, uh, Underwood going at him. But moral of the story, you, you're playing well. The offense is clicking. You gotta, you gotta, you gotta learn how to win. You gotta learn how to close out games because if they do that, they're gonna be in a really good spot. I haven't been in a whole lot of these close games, and they just right. happen to be on the road. And you want to live with freshman point guards. You're gonna live with them, and, and you're gonna die with them. And uh, fell well, fell a little win, short. You don't win the Texas game without Jaden Epps. Mm-hmm. So, you know th- that's why when he stepped in line tonight, I'm like, is he about to do this again? <laughs> you know, is he about to tie the game up again? So, you know, it's not like it was his first exposure to that moment. He uh, he's done it before and he's helped his team win games like that Texas game. So, you know, next time he'll be better for it. Absolutely. Let's go back to the fan line. Steve's with us down in Kentucky. Hey, Steve. Hey guys. Um, my thoughts on the game is I thought we, we had some opportunities in the first half to uh, get some points. I mean, this, this is kind of, just crazy with RJ Melendez. I mean, he missed four point blank layups. Uh, and a couple of those were, you know, four point turnarounds where they went down and, and got a bucket off of his miss. Uh, so I, and then he air balls that three pointer. He's just in such a mental slump. Just, he's too good of a shooter. I mean, we've all seen it and, um, just hopefully he can somehow break out of this. I, I really do. I mean, I, cause I don't mind him. He had a great look at the end of the end of the uh, the game. You just uh, you don't have much confidence in him every time he shoots it now, just with this massive slump he's in. So hopefully, he could just get a couple to go down, and we can get some buckets because Ty Rogers missed that point blank layup, and uh, so it was just if we had a few of those go down, I really think that game's totally different, and we uh, we ended up pulling this out because the guys played great. I mean, I, I loved Brad Underwood's adjustments from the last game because even though Trace Jackson still got a great stat line, just like you guys said, he had to work for it. And we turned, got, got some turnovers. Uh, they were trying to swing out of that double team. We got a shot clock violation. And that I thought it just led to some good offense for us 
uh, out of those adjustments where we were double teaming and getting some activity going, which was a great adjustment from last game. And then uh, last thing I'll say is, you know, I'm just sick of people and all this talk of, oh, I'm, you know, Illinois is just so inconsistent. They're up, they're down. I mean, tell me one team in the nation that isn't is consistent because there's not one this year. I mean, it's college basketball. People are going to be up. They're going to be down. I mean, it's going to be a wild tournament. I, I wouldn't be surprised if we don't have one single one seed in the final four. You know, it's going to be a wild year. And just hopefully, you know, some of the, the shooting slump from three-point land we're in, we can break out of. And we just got to string some games together because it's, it's anybody's tournament. Because every single team is saying the exact same thing. Oh, we're so inconsistent. So hopefully we can uh, grab some some consistency and momentum here at the end and uh, and and make a strong run because we could still have a great uh, great season to look, look uh, on and, and be proud of. So that's what I got, guys. Uh, great show. Appreciate uh, uh, all your guys' insight and everything you do for Illini Nation. So ILL. All right, I and I thank you as always for calling in there, Steve and. and- yeah, shot shots were were not falling from close, from far, especially in the second half for for the uh, Illini. And uh, I saw it going back to to pregame and what we were talking about yesterday. From the jump, uh, difference from Tuesday night as well. You saw the intensity on the defensive end that the Illini had that they didn't have Tuesday. They didn't have the first time uh, uh, against Indiana and making it harder just for Trace Jackson Davis to catch the ball and being physical on defense. Only nine fouls the last time. Really, everybody was doing what they wanted when they faced off at the State Farm Center. So on the defensive end, uh, saw, saw a lot of grit out of the guys. Yeah, and Brad Underwood mentioned it. Uh, after the Penn State game, that he just thought they didn't have a lot of bite on that end. And that's when you have a younger team, and I get there's, I, I know there's some older guys on this team, but when you have collectively a, a younger team, you know, you can't, your effort can't change from a Tuesday night uh, at Penn State to a Saturday in Bloomington. Because the thing that we know with this team is that they get up for the big ones they and, and they, and they play well in the big ones, Texas, UCLA, uh, you know, they, had a great showing at Iowa, had a great showing today. Um, Rutgers, you know, like they 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 play well in those in those types of games. And, you know, I, I just think that the the shots per, in particular, you missed a lot of shots in the first half. And look, that's the product of of having a, a really, really potent sh- shot blocker and rim protector mm-hmm. out there. Cause even when he's not around Well, because they blocked like the first two or three shots. Right. So then even when he's not around, you're wondering if he is or if he's coming from the weak side. Is he coming behind you? And that's why I think you saw some short arming from RJ Melendez around the rim. Ty Rogers missed a few around the rim. Epps missed a few around the rim that you that you usually don't see them miss because of the potential threat of a Trace Jackson Davis. So, um, you know, like I, the shot at the end for Melendez, because I know he touched on RJ I mean, obviously, you got to feel for the kid because you can tell he's wearing it. Some guys they're lacking confidence, but you can't really tell. You can tell mm. with RJ; it's it's in his body language. He's, he looks timid at times. Um, but I, I wondered if in that last possession, if he was even supposed to be on the floor because they put him in for defense. Defense, and there was supposed to be a foul. Yeah, and then yeah, they put him in for defense, and then you have the the press that gets broken. And they dunk it, and I don't know if they had a timeout no. left. Um, they didn't. So Everybody was out of timeouts. Yeah, now you got to keep them on the floor, yep. and I, and that's to me that's why Miller Cop ran off of because Miller Cop ran off of RJ Melendez to stop Matthew Meyer, and I don't think he does that if that's you know Luke Goody standing on that right wing, or if that's you know name somebody else. Obviously, you got to probably put if Ty Rogers in the game, you got to put him near the baseline so that nobody can come and help off. But for those guys on the wing, making sure that there's two shooters on the wing so that Matt Meyer has the ball up top, then you really make them pay if they come off. But I, I don't know. I keep going back and forth. I mean, RJ Melendez is a shooter. He just he just can't make any shots. So, I, I mean. That was the best shot know. he's probably had in two, three games. Because yeah, the, the, the one he, he had early. Oh. The one he airballed, too. That's where too you was, felt it. I, 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 always, I always make the, the correlation of like, Everyone says, oh, my God, he's wide open. He had all the time in the world. And it's like, well, that's not how you practice. Like when some, when, you, when you're warming up or when you're on the gun, when that ball gets to you, you don't like 
you know, twiddle in your hands for a second, take one low dribble and then shoot it. Like you're usually just catching and shooting it. So it's an off rhythm thing, but he's just got to, the, the, the way that they're missing, I mean, some of these have no chance. And, and that's why it's, if you're the staff, you're just, you're playing the numbers where you're like, all right, well, it's this bad. And like, surely we want to capitalize on it potentially turning around, but it's not going to turn around if he doesn't start believing in himself. Mm-hmm. Um, I think everybody believes in him. Matthew Meyer gave him a big hug after he missed that. I think all these guys in this team know what he can do. And now it just comes down to RJ himself being like, I know who I am, man. Like I'm, I'm, a, I'm a good shooter and I'm, I'm not going to let these results throw my own confidence on a roller coaster. Because if that's the case, then, you know, he's going to stay in this rut. So mm-hmm. he's got teammates that support him. He obviously has a staff that supports him. Now it's time for him to, to support himself. And, and he can do that. Yeah, and having the next two at home should help. Uh, let's go back to the fan line. News Talk 1400, 93.9 FM, WDWS, Champaign-Urbana, Light Rock 97.5, WHMS, Champaign-Urbana. we got to get out for baseball around three, so we're moving right along here. Todd's with us in Weldon. What do you got, Todd? Yeah, I thought we did a pretty darn good job on defense with uh, Jackson Davis today and what the guy still had, what, 24 and 10? I don't remember. 20, yeah, 26 and 12, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Only two assists, though. You, you can't defend a guy much better than what we did, I don't think. He's going to get his. But my big thing here is, is am I the only one that's sick and tired of playing the Big Ten schedule this year? Because anybody can beat anybody. There's a lot of good teams in this conference. Well, we're we're seeing that as you get these rematch games, people have made their adjustments. They've seen everybody. They've seen everybody against other people, and, and you're picking and choosing. And this is about that time here. What are we at? Game fourteen, game fifteen, where you're like, yeah, I'm kind of tired of the Big Ten. That's really all I had, um, other than bring on the NCAA tournament. Maybe we'll, <laughs> we'll have an easier time there. <laughs> Oh no! Oh no! It's gonna it's it's gonna be even more hectic these next couple three weeks. But we enjoy the ride, right? Yes, sir. We do. We do. All right. Hey, thanks for the call, Todd. Thank you, guys. All right. You can give us a call on the fan line two one seven three five six nine three nine seven. I want to make a point about. Uh, I thought he made a really good point there about this the Big Ten, and I know we always we always classify these conferences depending on who's at the top, right? Who are your top four teams? Who's fighting for a race, the bottom of this league is better than I've seen it in a long time. And I think that's what makes the conference so frustrating right now because there's no nights off. I mean, and I I, I don't want to just say Minnesota. I mean, <laughs> obviously, you know, Minnesota right now, they're they're one in 12 in conference, um, and that's Illinois' next opponent. So I'm not, I'm not going to throw any words that way. But they're the one team that I think right now um, that's really, really, really struggling. Um, they're the only team that has an adjusted offensive efficiency that's under 100 points uh, per 100 possessions. And look, I mean, you look at the bottom of this conference. Ohio State is Ohio State is second to last in this conference by three games, and that team is talented, man. Mm-hmm. They hate they they look like they hate playing with each other, and they've got some some guys in that team who contribute to losing basketball. But they have talent, and and I truly believe that. They're a team that could go into the Big Ten tournament and find themselves in a semifinal just because they're playing with house money. Nebraska goes in and beats Rutgers at the rack. Uh, Penn State, they got arguably a, an All-American on their team, uh, and, and they're a team that can beat anybody any given night. Wisconsin, you still got to go to the Kohl Center. Uh, you know, they they got talent on their team. It's just – it's that's what I think makes this conference so frustrating this mm-hmm. year is the fact that the bottom – is so good. Like the there's there's really no nights off. So and, and even if you do play Minnesota, you're like, well, we for sure can't lose this one because this is our one opportunity to get one where we feel like we can maybe try some things out or play Luke Goody some more some more extended minutes and work some things in. Like you, you don't have any opportunities to do that in conference play, but um that's that's just life in this conference, man. <laughs> it's 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 usually at the top where you have some heavy heavy hitters, but Collectively, one through thirteen this year, one through twelve. It's it's pretty darn good, man. That's why we love it. One more call before we pick out our MX Electrifying Player of the Game. Cyrus is here in Urbana. What do you got, Cyrus? Mike, can you speak to what I see as a glaring shortfall of elite guard play in the Big Ten, 
and how that really could impact the conference when they get to the postseason. And specifically, when you talk about freshman point guards, I know you know this way better than I do, is in addition to learning to play defense probably for the first time in their lives, managing the game is such a challenge for a freshman point guard, you know, managing runs from the other team and and how they switch things up. And, you know, I see Purdue starting to slip, and that's an elite backcourt. But I think that uh, teams have adjusted to the way those freshmen play, and I wonder if they've started to adjust a little bit to the way Epps plays. And I just I, I look around the Big Ten, and I think, how is Jameer Young at Maryland, who just got there from Charlotte, how is he now being talked about as a first-team all-Big Ten player? Uh, is he truly one of the best point guards in the Big Ten. I don't think that speaks well of how the Big Ten is going to do in the postseason. So I'll hang up and listen to your thoughts about that. Yeah, I think you hit the nail on the head. It's guard play. And Jameer Young, you can go top. I mean, Jameer Young's probably the best guard in the conference. Um, I mean, Pickett, probably, if you want to throw Pickett into that. On both uh, sides. Into that bucket, then I'll probably put Pickett there. But but Young is Young's right behind him. And that absolutely speaks to the to the talent in this conference. When you have a guy coming from Conference USA and is automatically a top two or three point guard in the conference, that's and Jalen Llewellyn probably would have been up there too if he didn't get hurt for Michigan. So the thing with Epps right now, I, I just what ends up happening with freshman guards, and he really has kind of took over as as the de facto point guard when really early in the season you you were wondering who that was going to be. He's taken over the reins. For that, but what he where he can improve uh, a shortfall for and a shortcoming for not only the conference but for this team for Illinois is when things get tough late, right? When it gets tight, when it gets tense, are you still being a point guard, right? Or is your or are you resorting to just simply doing what's easy and just putting your head down and trying to find a way to get to the basket? Because that to me that's what I see from Jaden Epps, and that's a maturation process. That's something that he can improve on. And he will improve on it throughout his career. But to be able to, as the arena is as loud as it gets and the defense is as dialed in as it gets, can you still function and make reads? And and that is what that's what separates good point guard play and bad point guard play. Uh Epps is talented enough to still get downhill and make something out of it, but that's why a lot of these teams struggle. That's why Michigan's struggling. Like Kobe Bufkins emerged a little bit, but Doug McDaniel isn't ready for that right mm-hmm. now. And, you know, and that's why Northwestern's having success because Boo Booey in big moments can make reads and get guys involved. Chase Audige can make shots. Like the guard play, Purdue's at the top of this conference because I, I would have picked them more as like a 4-5 in before the season, but it was all going to be predicated on Braden Smith and Fletcher Lawyer. Right. They've been good, and so Purdue's been good. But when they're bad, Purdue's bad. Mm-hmm. And same goes for Northwestern. You know, when Hutch, you know, Trace Jackson Davis is probably good enough to get Indiana over the over the hump most nights, but Jameer Young's a big reason Maryland's towards you know sitting tied for fourth in this conference. Um, Perkins has been great for Iowa. Uh, Hoggard and, and Walker are, are have kept Michigan State afloat. So uh, the guard play isn't great in this conference, but you can see that the teams that do well in this conference ha- have the better guards. Mm-hmm. And and if these guards are going to be good, if Epps is going to be good down the stretch. And, and be a true point guard and make reads. Terrence Shannon, when he has the ball in the hands, same thing. I think Ty Rodgers is going to have the ball in his hands more. Like These guys are going to have to make reads late. They have to uh, because everybody's going to be keying in on them trying to get downhill and make a play for themselves. So I know that's long-winded, and I apologize, <laughs> but I think it is something that uh, here in March, if Illinois can get that rectified and get complimentary basketball late, the, you know, the, it's on, man. They can, they can make a run. Let's pick out an MX Electrifying player of the game. MX Electric wants to be your electrician when you're in need of electrical service for both residential and commercial needs. Call 217-359-7293 to schedule your project. And remember, relax, call Max. Because this came down to the wire, I didn't save a a whole lot of Indiana highlights, and I don't want to pick an Indiana player for the player of the game. Although, Trace Jackson Davis, he was just hitting some goofy shots, too. I, I don't even know how. Like, he hit, like, three straight reverse layups. This this long, gangly 6'9 guy just hitting weird shots. So I, I want to lead towards Matthew Meyer, what he did in, in the, the first half scoring. Five blocks a, a, as well. And I 
they didn't look at as much like we've seen him in games past where he was making something up, whereas he was in the right position and he was making blocks. So uh, this is, since this is my show, I can I can kind of make the decisions. But I'm leaning towards Matthew Meyer. What do you think, Mike? Yeah, same. It is Meyer. And going off of what I was just talking about, I think an adjustment that I see that that maybe could be made, especially late game. Let's say Terrence Shannon's fouled out. I, I, they love going to Terrence late game. But if you're going to go to Matthew Meyer late game, I get running the stack action to pop him out to the wing and try to get him, you know, to beat a guy off a dribble or or pop out enough to get him free himself up for a shot. But he's six nine, man, and and they run those cross screens on the baseline so much for him earlier in the game. Why not run that late? And like, let's get our six nine guy with who has a ton of skill and is a good free throw shooter. Mm-hmm. First and foremost, like we can talk about throwing the ball into Dane, but if Dane gets fouled, it's 50-50 whether or not he's gonna make a shot. And if it's one and one, then maybe you 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 feel like it's an empty possession. So why not get Matthew Meyer in more of those situations where we can get him down on the block? Because I he is good finishing down there, and he has been good finishing down there all year. So I think that's a way to I guess take it out of the hands of these guys to try to be these master facilitators late, like put strain on the defense to where they maybe don't want to foul and they can't pack it in like you can, like you can on an Epps or a Meyer if they're taking it off the, off the bounce. So Matthew Meyer is absolutely uh, the player of the game on the Illinois side and his emergence in the second half of the season and particularly in big 10 play has been a big reason why this team is one staying afloat in conference, but two, uh, I, I think their their ceiling is high for March because he's a guy that, you know, if he wasn't playing for Illinois uh, or even when he was with Baylor, like he's the type of guy where you, you remember him because of March, because of what he did. You know, he just is a wild card. He has irrational <laughs> confidence. And those guys typically can propel you and your team feeds off that. So I say all that to say Matthew Meyer. He went on a heater in the first half, was grabbing boards, blocking shots as well. Matthew Meyer is going to get our MX electrifying player of the game. Bounce pass, down low to Hawkins. Out top, Harris, right side, Rogers. Goody in the corner, Meyer for three. Got another one. He's on fire. They're looking for him, and they found him. <laughs> He's in the zone. He is. Whatever zone that is for him. 23-22, Indiana ball kicked away by the Hoosiers. Stolen by Meyer, but he shoots it. He does. Oh! And he got another one. Matthew Meyer, 25-23, and he's still hot with the heat check. It's smoking right now. 24-8 and eight for the grad senior, I don't know, senior transfer from Texas. Matthew Meyer gets our MX Electrifying Player of the Game. Fasteners, etc. cetera, post-game show. Got a whole bunch of text to catch up on. You can call in on the fan line as well. Got to get out for baseball here in about 40 minutes, so we'll keep moving along here. The conversation about today's game continues on the Fasteners Etc. post-game show. Join in by calling the First State Bank Illini fan line, 217-356-9397, or text us on the Castle Heating and Cooling text line, 217-351-5357. Here is Rogers, drives on Renew, into the paint, tie, bounce pass, danger under the basket for the layup. So the Illini say you can score inside, so can we. And what a feed by Ty Rogers. Yeah, we saw that Ty Rogers, who was playing point guard for Team USA over the summer here today. But uh, it sounds like the reason he didn't get as many minutes in the second half is because, uh, well, he was playing his flu game. Still had a solid effort, four points, five boards, two assists, some excellent defense from Ty Rogers. Feeding to Dane Danger there, who also finished in double figures, 11 points and five boards for Dane. But the Illini lose at Indiana, 71-68. First back-to-back losses of the season for the Illini. Back here on the Fasteners at Cetera Post Game Show with Mike and Evan. You can give us a call, 217-356-9397. Some texts on the Castle Heating and Cooling text line. A uh, couple of, of folks talking about the the last shot from the Illini, which we, we went over. That was kind of a, a defense that turned into offense that, that you, you weren't expecting. And uh, RJ just ended up with the ball there because Matthew, they, they instantly looked for Matt on the outlet, and he's the one who brought up the ball. So, so they put it in the hands of the guy that probably 
that you wanted and everybody wanted, and then the play ended up like it did, like like you said, and how it broke down because Cop bailed on RJ, and he's gonna he, he's gonna find it. Some people say uh, they're they're waiting, they're they're done waiting for RJ to make it, but you saw his defense on Hood Shafino was excellent in the first half. Hood Shafino was super inefficient. He he was one of those guys who eventually in the second half just started hitting shots and and also uh, probably shouldn't have fouled him put him on the line there at the end as well uh some other texts coming in here uh talking about looking for for more from coleman hawkins he he was good on the defensive end i just wasn't really involved anytime he got the ball it seemed like he was dunking it but he didn't have the ball in his hands a whole lot today yeah i mean i don't know <laughs> the people that asked that question were like did you just like look at a box score i didn't like I don't know what more you want from him because when he does certain things, it's like, Hey, you're doing too much. And then, and then all of a sudden it's not enough. I think for him, it's, he was, he played like, you want the ball in Matthew Myers hands. You want the ball in Jay Neff's hands. Ty Rogers is doing a lot of really good things in his hands. Dane Dane is doing a lot of really good things when the ball's in his hands. I mean, Coleman's probably fifth on that list. Um, so there's only so many opportunities that you're going to get. Um, now there were certainly times where, uh, you know, he had, he had a travel in the first half where I thought he could have just caught and gone right into that right hook that, I mean, he's great with that right hook from six to 10 feet. And I thought he had another opportunity to do that. Uh, I thought he was good defensively. He blocked some shots again today. And, um, I thought he rebounded particularly well. And, um, I don't know. I, I just, I don't know what more people want from him, um, game in and game out. I, I, I think he's. Sure, if you want to be like involved more offensively, cool. It's going to take away from somebody else, but um, I was happy with with Coleman's effort today, and 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 obviously he had the he had the dunk in the first half that that made some waves as well. <laughs> that was absolutely whack. I think that broke. That's what broke Twitter. Uh, if you were trying to get yeah. on Twitter there in the second half, it it, it wasn't working, and it might have been because of that. And that was absolutely awful. I mean, we we all know that. We don't have to well, get into I, and that. And I, I tweeted about it during the game, but I don't get it. I don't get how guys will dunk and tap their head, then the whole bench is tapping their head, everybody on the court's tapping their head. You got a smaller guy on you, you score, and you do like the too little thing. And like, put your hand towards the ground. Like, I don't know how that is not worse than just like looking at a guy. They really they'll call a tech more for a guy looking at a guy than a guy literally do, saying you're too small. Well, and the camera baby. showed that he didn't even look at him because the wrong referee made the call, and because the way his head was kind of turned, he was kind of yeah. looking. It's just all well, some, bad. Well, it's somebody all bad. said somebody said on Twitter, "Well, if you saw what he said, uh, well, it's like." The guy there's that made no the way he heard it wouldn't have seen wouldn't have seen what he said anyway. No. So there's no so my point isn't to call all these other things technicals too. My thing is to stop calling technicals. <laughs> First, like in a, in a heated environment, uh, like you have no idea in that environment when you dunk on an all American like that. Yep. How in the world you're supposed to remain stoic? I mean, it's impossible. Put it right so, on a poster. Yeah, and, and it's just it's good for the game, and I I get why they do it. It's oh, stupid, no. but I get why they do it. It's like, well, if he embarrasses him, then this guy may take exception to that and start a fight or, you know, ha- have a physical play on the other end. Trace Jackson Davis is smarter than that. But Trace, Trace Jackson Davis is going to haul off and punch somebody? Like, why, why would he do that? So, and, and Trace Jackson Davis even tweeted after the game that he loves it and wishes that there was more of it. So, I don't know. If you're Kelly Pfeiffer or any of these refs, it's just stop, stop. With with trying to put your imprint on the game, yep. a great a great refereed game is when we have no idea who was refereeing the game. Okay, but like Kelly Pfeiffer's name is trending on Twitter and probably for good reason. I I really opened it up with with that one, and I we're I'm glad we don't have to make this a point of why the game came out the the way that it did. It, it was things beyond that, but just for the joy of it, 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 it sucked the joy out of a great college basketball moment. Put your team up eight on the road on Trace Jackson Davis's head. I, I mean, they had all the momentum and it's like, oh, Zebra wants to, wants to make a big deal. And it was two fouls on Coleman. Yep. It was just, it was Coleman's second foul that took him out of the game and they were up eight. So 
I don't know, you go on another 5-0 run and push that to 13 or like there's who knows, then maybe Indiana can't climb back into it. Indiana was always going to make a run. That thing was always probably going to get close, but who knows? Who knows? You don't get a tech there and things go the other way, then it's a little bit tougher for Indiana to crawl back. Andy says Humboldt is the referee hater capital of the world. Is that right, Andy? Today it is. <laughs> what do you got? <laughs> well, who, which player was it that the Illinois player drove down the lane, oh, pretty much open layup, and then two Indiana guys step in front of him and smash him and no call? Sincere. Uh, yeah, it was that sincere. sincere Harris, exactly. And uh you know, and I'm really, really off off the RJ Melendez bandwagon. I just I don't know, man. It, it, it's good that he played defense, you know, in the first half. But he also have to play offense and uh he missed four or five layups, um, you know, point blank. One of them was a dunk where he was pushed in the back, allegedly another bad referee call. I mean, they the player just barely tapped him. Definitely not a foul. Uh, but the referees are just horrible. They take, <laughs> they suck the joy out of the gymnasium. They really do. They just really need to swallow those whistles and shut shut up. You know, I'm so tired of them. I'm just I I just can't believe we have to put up with this as as fans uh, on both sides you know uh it's a home court advantage for for a reason and it's because of referees and uh this is this is what we have to put up with as fans and i'm really sick of it what it's, can we do i mean there's what there's got to be something we could do yeah it's it's tough and it, it mostly like like mike was saying it's from a, a referee where you know his name which usually shouldn't be the case so that's tough but uh, uh again again let the players I, play it, yeah and and they did why, why I, is I, that so hard for for the most part again i i made this mistake the other night but Outside of that call, they weren't really a, a big part of it. Sure, you missed this foul, you missed that foul. It, it it all comes out in the wash. You gotta you gotta make good choices with the ball in your hands when, when you're the Illini. You've got to not actually commit the fouls down the stretch. So, in the uh, first in the first half, uh, our player number twenty, I think, what's his name? Rogers. Uh, yeah, Rogers. He curled, or uh, he was guarding a curl. Uh, Indiana player who was curling and, and he barely t- bumped him and they called it a foul and uh, in the second half Rogers with the ball makes the same move curling and was bumped and they didn't call it and he was bumped harder and um, it's just it's inconsistent it's inconsistent it was the same exact move and uh it, I mean, I wish I had film to break it down for you guys, but you know, this is terrible refereeing, and something needs to be done. I I don't know. Maybe the guys. How much do they make a game? Do we know that? No, no. I I don't think you want to I know mean, they, how much they. I I don't think you want to know how much they make a game. <laughs> to be honest, they, they make three or four thousand dollars a game probably each, and yeah, uh, yeah and with uh, and uh, they also get the uh, mileage. And a, st- and a uh, travel stipend, I think. But it's certainly uh, not an easy job as we've sat here for the last 10 minutes on a post-game yeah, well, show I, ripping them. And- exactly. <laughs> well, I think, too, it's it's tough because you want, it, as, as a fan and as a viewer, the things that you want go completely go against each other because you want them to make calls and you want them to also not make calls. Mm-hmm. So it's like that's, you know, that's the job description. So then it, it becomes so subjective. I think that's where everybody gets upset, where it's like, hey, call it the right way, but there's so much subjectivity that enters it, where it's like, is that a foul? Is it not a foul? Is it, did he hit him with the body? Was it too much body? Did it affect the shot? Like, you're trying to process all that in the moment. I acknowledge the fact that it's a tough job. No question. That's why that's why I get more upset with the technicals than I get with anything else, right. because in real time, those are always going to be hard to pick up on. But, um, yeah, it's a it's a really hard job. But it's, <laughs> I yeah, I, I don't know. I feel like 50 years from now, I mentioned it. 50 years from now, we're gonna have we're gonna have these same conversations because it's not they're not gonna go to like 
AI refs in the future. <laughs> we could do that with a strike zone in, in baseball, but uh, can't do that with fouls and, and I, apparently what a catch is in football. But nonetheless, we'll, we'll keep going that roundabout way here. And we've got more to come here on the Fasteners Etc. postgame show. Thank you for the call, Andy. Still time to ring in or text in. Plenty of text to catch up here on the postgame show. I don't know what the, the word's not pride. I, I'm 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 beyond that. I'm I'm so uh, elated with this team and and the way they played today and the way they fought and and uh, your your leading scorers down. A guy who plays a lot of minutes and Ty Rogers hadn't practiced all week. He's been in bed with strep throat. Uh, R.J. Melendez went down with strep throat last night and feeling sick and and uh, you know Brandon Lee steps in and, and and does some really good things, especially on the defensive side and. Uh, you know, Luke Goody, um, you know, we see, we see his value. We see his value. And uh, what he did defensively was elite. Uh, you know, we played tied 26 minutes on, I mean, basically, I mean, he was, he was purple. He's, he's dehydrated. He's tired. He's, you know, he just hadn't been in practice. Had 103-degree fever for two days. So Matthew Meyer was great. Fought through, fought through foul trouble. And uh, we, unfortunately, we, you know, you, you, we always look at the last plays, but um, you know we had a couple of unfortunate turnovers and and uh, uh, fouled the shooter, and uh, you know just 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 quite wasn't quite there. But man, I'm 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 in a really good place with this. There's head coach Brad Underwood after the game. Really quick turnaround on the post game interview once again, but few more positive vibes after this one and you can't can't have it both ways I, I know with some people you can't feel good after a loss but uh they're, they're learning how to win again this is this is February 18th and Illinois has played two Big Ten games decided by five or less points and they've all come within the last like two weeks and, and you've got freshman point guards and you don't have Terrence Shannon and so learning to win is a process. It's a, a skill that can't be quantified, um, except for, for making plays or, or not making plays that aren't there, like the foul or forcing a drive and turning it over. So you you, you want the freshmen to play. We're going to play them, and we're going to live with what happens. They'll learn. Yeah, yep. they'll learn. That's and, and that's how it is. But uh, Ty Rogers, uh, again, incredibly good in the first half, and it uh, sounds like he was just kind of running on fumes in the second half whatever you got out of them, and they were mixing and matching with foul trouble as well there. Uh, but but don't make the winning plays down the stretch. Got a few texts talking about that. Uh, texts are wondering why the referees can't be elite. I, I can't imagine that's the word being used to describe them in the post-game press conference. Um, more texts uh, when I opened that can of worms uh, about <laughs> the referees, so we don't like that. Some people are, are really down on this team. Um but uh, that's okay. Uh, shorthanded, it's sick, but heroic effort, says Seattle Paul. But not upset by the close loss. So, see, you got a, a little bit of everything here. Um, and, and one texter pointing out, I mean, there were, there were just so many stretches there in the second half where on the offensive side you were, you were getting stops. I, I mean, neither team was able to score looking at, at the score rundown like the first 10 minutes is about 10 lines because nobody was doing anything and then everything picked up uh, in the second part of that half but it's little things right it's having the disadvantage on a fast break and and forcing the layup when it's not there when you can dribble it out and you can work it and there there were other ones you know there was a turnover if i remember right on a drive where you know you've got it got an open man so and again these are these are most of the time it's the the underclassmen figuring it out and it's not like it's easy to do that on the road in bloomington but now they've been there well what you just mentioned was sincere yeah, he gets a layup to make it 50 to 42 in the second half. You're taking a an eight-point lead with however much time was left, maybe like nine minutes, um, mm -hmm. nine, ten minutes. But then you know, you get down in the other end, you get a steal, and now he gets all excited. And you have basically a maybe a four on two, three on one, and he decides to take it himself and misses the layup they're able to get out in transition they finish to make it 50 to 44 
Um, you know, and then on the other end, you have sincere come off a ball screen, just shoot like a pull up 18 footer, which is just not really what they, that's what they want to force defensively. And that's not what you want to shoot offensively. So it was just, it was a tough stretch for him because I think it did kind of let Indiana crawl back into it a little bit in, in you know, in, in a quick period of time. Yeah. So um, just like we talked about Epps and Rogers, this is, you know, a learning experience for sincere as well. And he knew it after they scored, make it 50 to 46 after his pull up, he was, tapping his chest saying that, Hey, that's my bad. And you know, those guys at least recognize it, but it's one thing to recognize it. It's another thing to in the moment train yourself to be able to, to not make plays like that. Let's just pick out a Tapman's towing play of the game. Car won't start after the game Call 217-328-2424 for the most trusted roadside service in downstate Illinois Tapman's towing, or you can visit them online at Tapman's towing. Dot com. We were just talking about it. If if it hadn't ended the way it, it did, um, it might still make the the rounds as far as a, a top play. But that Coleman Hawkins dunk was just something else. He caught it on the wing, put it on the floor. My, Matthew Meyer did that a little later, except for Trace Jackson Davis was like, "All right, you burnt me. I'm not going to get dunked on this time." Uh, but but Coleman Hawkins dunk there in the first half is my lean towards play of the game, outside of probably the deciding bucket in the final seconds. Yeah, you dunk on Trace Jackson Davis, you're going to have to play the game. So, no <laughs> we'll give it to the junior Coleman Hawkins. Tapman's towing play of the game. Rebound, Meyer. Missed by Bates. Meyer with another rebound. Ahead to Hawkins. Drives down the way. What's a hammer slam? Oh, my goodness. Hawkins with the hammer slam. And now we've got a whistle and a technical, I think, on Coleman Hawkins. Even got some Illinois booze there at the end. So, uh, Illini faithful. Trying to stay strong at the Assembly Hall, but Illinois falls short. Coleman Hawkins gets our Tapman's towing play of the game. Coming up towards the end, we got to get out for Illinois baseball coming up here in a few minutes here on News Talk 1400. So if you want to call in, do so or get your text in. It's the Fasteners Etc. Post Game Show. You can weigh in on today's game by calling the First State Bank Illini Fan Line 217. 217- Three five six nine three nine seven, or texting the Castle Heating and Cooling text line 217-351-5357. Rogers, top of the key, on the dribble, stutter step drive, layup off the glass, missed it. Rebound Goody, saves to Meyer for three, missed it. Rebound Rogers again to Matthew Meyer. Goody left wing three, got it. Three-pointer from the left wing. Had that third chance three-pointer from Luke Goody as he had his biggest offensive output of his short season. 23 minutes for the sophomore, seven points, two rebounds, two assists. But also in that camp, I mean, both of Luke's fouls were kind of like, what, what are you doing there, guy? Um, so, so everybody's figuring it out here as the Illini fall short in the closing second, 71-68 to Indiana. Back on the Fasters, etc. post-game show with Mike and Evan. You heard the numbers there from Gene. And I, I, I don't know where, I, I think I know where you stand, but again, this goes back to it's tough playing 9, 10 guys, but it's also a luxury to have 9 or 10 guys that you could play. Brandon Lieb, I, I, I usually throw him a bit in the doghouse, but he was playing great defense today. Zero fouls in seven minutes. That's what I really love to, to see out of him. But, um, yeah, just uh, uh, they've got a, a number of guys that they can play, but uh, you, it's just finding the, the right combination still here in the middle of February. It's going to land at eight some way, shape, or form. It's going to land at eight, and then – whoever that ninth man ends up being, in my opinion, it's probably going to end up being RJ Melendez because you're going to have moments where you have your starting five, you have Epps, Shannon, Hawkins, Meyer, and Danger, and then you have Rogers, you have Harris, um, you have Goody. And I think you're, I really think your eighth guy every night is going to be between Sincere and RJ. And maybe those guys get some minutes in the first half. And depending on who takes advantage of their minutes better, Mm -hmm. that's who's going to get the nod for the rest of the game in that rotation. But I could totally see them shrinking it down when things get really tight and it's 
Big Ten tournament or it's uh, NCAA tournament, I wouldn't be surprised to see them go with that starting five and uh, really only roll Goody and Rodgers off the bench and then maybe have some Harris if they need just kind of a burst. Mm-hmm. Or, uh, But the beauty is, too, if you have foul trouble and you start dipping deeper into your bench, I mean, Brandon Lieb was – I know he played seven minutes today. He was great, man. Yeah. Like, he really was great. Because a lot of times what ends up happening is when you throw a guy in like that, um, Trace Jackson Davis starts salivating a little bit, and they start to actually go away from what they want to do because they want to force feed or they want to cut this set off because we think he has a mismatch. And, um, you know, you if Brandon Lee plays 20 minutes, it's probably not great. But in spurts, to be able to um, help out when Dane is in foul trouble, particularly when Coleman's in foul trouble too, and you don't have a, you literally don't have another big uh, now that Perrin's gone too, um, that's huge. That's huge. So, uh, and then if you, if you do have to dip far enough to your eighth, ninth man, the fact that you're eighth, ninth man, I know he's not shooting the ball particularly well, but if your eighth, ninth guy is RJ Melendez, you're probably in a, in, in a, in a good spot overall as a team. Uh, cause a lot of teams in this, in this conference, I think would, would take RJ as their eighth or ninth guy. <laughs> Getting ready for the stretch run here. Was it Three games in nine days, something like that. It's going to be crazy. Back to the fan line, 217-356-9397. Michael's down in Florida. Hey, Michael. Hey, what's up, guys? How you doing? Doing well. Not at all upset at the loss. They played well. A couple random thoughts. Uh, Mike, you're right. Lee played a really good game, and it gives me a lot of hope that he's going to be a serviceable uh, big man. Clearly, absolutely not upset at RJ. That shot, that's a wide open shot. He's got to take it. Here's here's what I would say, Evan. And I, we talk about this a lot. I've been a high school ref for mm, just about thirty years, so I've done it at a lower level. The kind of calls that really bother me are. I'm going to give you three perfect examples. The technical was a joke. You can't make that call. You just can't make that call. You're taught not to affect the game. If we go back to the Penn State game, on the goaltending call, that was made by the C official. Mike, you know what the C official is. That should always be made by a trail. The only thing worse would be the lead official under the basket making that call. It's on the opposite side of the court. And the only other one I can think is just as egregious was uh, Melinda's last year hanging on the rim. I was at that game in uh, in Pittsburgh. Those kind of calls – I don't know what else to say, but they're just unforgivable. The rest of them, I mean, they're just subjective. They're hard. It's hard. It's a hard game to officiate. Yeah, yeah, with, without a doubt. Um, I'm sorry, I, w- I was doing talking here behind the scenes, but um, just the little things. And, and Lieb's a, a guy who's been here now three years, and, and that's been the revolving door is who's that emergency big, and Lieb's kind of – grown into that and he's been forced into it a, a couple three times here this year and, and getting better uh each and every game yeah he was good at he minnesota may, i think he can too. play for us yeah, yeah if I he plays if he good. plays if he plays like he did today he can give you seven ten fifteen minutes um but i i think he's averaging a foul per minute played this season so that's the only thing that that's a, a difficulty that's okay from your backup center, though. He comes in there and did he did he played a really good game actually. He's played yeah. well with the times he's been in there. So yep, we fought hard and uh, it was a fun game to watch, if nothing else. For sure, that was that was some some good college basketball there. the The environment was great. Uh, we we don't like Indiana or their fans, but uh, they they know how to put on the show there at the Assembly Hall. So, good thoughts, Michael. Thank Thanks you. for the call. Take care, you guys. Bye. Two one seven three five six nine three nine seven. That is the fan line. Let's pick out our keys to the game, and they're brought to you by Hickory Point Bank with roots right here in our Champaign-Urbana community. Hickory Point Bank invested, and by Game Day Spirit with the best selection of University of Illinois apparel. What were your keys, Mike? Well, I think the overarching theme is that the talent on this team, when you have your leading scorer, Terrence Shannon, down, you know that you can go into an environment like that and compete and put up a fight. And that bodes extremely well for March. And we'll see what happens over the course of these next few weeks. Obviously, there's some opportunity to continue to build on to your resume. But all you want to see is that this team is 
starting to kind of uncover who they are? Do you have guys clicking at the right times? Do you have guys coming in confident? And then you get, you know, you get the right matchups and you, you play at a high level. This team, I keep saying it, this team can make a run. This team can absolutely make a run. Um, and the Tuesday night at Penn State will be forgotten if this team goes to a Sweet 16 or goes to an Elite Eight. Uh, a lot obviously has to happen for um, to get to that point, but uh, all you want to see is progression. And and to me, that was the big key today was I saw a team that had a man down and they still progressed mm-hmm. overall as a team and I think learned a lot. And, uh, and, and I think Luke Goody's going to continue to be uh, – there were many times in this game where I'd said, thank God that guy's back <laughs> because he just provides so much stability. Um, his stability defensively, his stability offensively, where he he knocked down that open three, but also um, when nobody can make a layup, he's he's right there and he has the putback. He lays it in, and um, you know he comes over on a trap and tips the ball, and they get a steal from Trace Jackson Davis. He is stability, and he's stability for this team. Um, when there's been certain times where this team has had some instability, um, who are you going to get? You know, is this guy going to have a good game? Is this guy going to have a good game? Oh, it was an off game you know what you're getting from him. And there's a lot to be said about that. So that the overarching key, they got the talent. I think they progressed today, but you got a guy back that I think you can count on in big moments. And that, that, that means a lot for a team right now that, um, you know, has an opportunity to, to make some things happen down the stretch. Yeah, for sure. And as we've kind of gone over, Indiana was able to, to come up with a lot of offensive rebounds here today, and they knocked down those shots. That that was a, a, a big key. Illinois was was doing that a, as well, but Indiana did it at a better clip. They they made the winning plays down the stretch. I thought Illinois' defensive intensity um, to hold this team to whatever it was, I mean, 40, 40 points for, for 30 minutes, and, and you made Trace Jackson Davis work for it. Again, he... he that that's that's probably the biggest key, right? Is that they had Trace Jackson Davis and we didn't because he was making shots. He was Johnny on the spot on, on that loose ball that maybe could have been a ten second count at the very end of the game, and, and he finishes the dunk and he changes everything on the offensive end for them, and then he, he's the disruptor on the defensive end. And Illinois has got a, a lot of guys that they're they're fitting in, in the pieces, but. Uh, Indiana knew who they were, and they went to it, and they executed it down the stretch. So, well, outside of Miller Cop making four threes, <laughs> what which what Indiana player was really memorable today? Outside, obviously, outside of Trace Jackson Davis, because that was the key in Champagne, right? Yeah. Galloway put his imprint on it. Geronimo put his imprint on it. Cop held Meyer to zero points. Like there were guys that were memorable, and today I I didn't think they really had that. I think that speaks to this team's ability to where. You know, you learn as a staff where you say, all right, well, let's trap him now, because although we think we have enough length to play a guy like that one on one, you actually utilize your length even more when you trap him because you send a second guy that's typically pretty big. I mean, think about a lot of times your post entry pass is coming from a guard. Right. So a lot of times Trace Jackson Davis will dice you up in a trap because. If they're coming from the ball side and the guard enters it, then it's a guard that is guarding the guard that is going over to Trace Jackson Davis. On this Illinois team, that's Luke Goody at 6'8. That's Matthew Meyer at 6'9. That's Ty Rogers at 6'6. Like, I think that was a huge, huge difference today. And I thought it bothered them because if you can bring more length in that trap, then if they do throw it out, there's more airtime on the ball. And if there's more airtime on the ball, then you give yourself more time to recover. So I thought it was a great adjustment. Um, it was an obvious adjustment, obviously, after what happened in Champaign. But I thought they executed it, for the most part, pretty well. I thought a lot of what Trace Jackson Davis got was off of, like, fast breaks and broken plays and putbacks. And, I mean, he got the one right at the end of the first half where the ball is basically thrown directly to him, and he just laid it in right in front of the rim. So, um, overall, really good, man. And I think they're they're seeing that they can utilize this length in different ways. Those are our keys to the game, brought to you by Game Day Spirit and by Hickory Point Bank. Coming up towards the end, Illinois baseball at the top of the hour here on DWS, so get your thoughts in. Oh. Trace Jackson Davis, bad pass, trying to throw it back to Cop. Epps jumps in front of it, turnover Indiana, right wing Goody, pulls in for two, good looking shot, and he buried it. Woo. Luke Goody passed on the three, dribbled inside the arc. And yeah, that was... 
Exactly what you were talking about right there, Mike. There was Luke Goody helping off, getting the tip on the pass. Epps ends up with it. Also really liked the... He didn't even shot fake. It was just more of like a shoulder shimmy. Threw two Indiana defenders to the side, took a, a nice dribble and hit the pull-up jumper. Luke Goody with seven points uh, again here at Indiana, but the Illini lose. Fasters, etc. Post-game show. Not a whole lot left here. Text from the text line, 217. Uh, Texter uh, uh, agrees. Maybe uh, could have found Meyer a, a couple more times in the second half, and that's where it goes down to. It looked like at some points they were picking, well, Ty will bring up the ball, Jaden will bring up the ball, and they've been giving the, the reins to those guys a, a, a little bit more. But um, And and sometimes it, it, it works out. Ty Rogers making a lot of good decisions in the first half, and, and then in the second half, uh, not not quite the, the same story, but a big game from Matthew Meyer on, on both ends of the floor. Okay, last call here on the Fasteners, etc. Postgame show. Scott Beatty's ready for game three of the Illinois baseball season, so we'll get it to him. If you've got any thoughts, get them in. We better get used to it. We got five more coming <laughs> in about eight days, so... Yep. Uh, you know, no um, no rest for the wicked, and, you know, we got to make this COVID game up, which is uh, unfortunate, but uh, it is what it is, and, uh, you know, we're, we're going to need everybody at uh, State Farm Center. We're going to need our great fans, and, uh, you know, we've got to go. Uh, we've got a busy week and got to go get uh, mm-hmm. get one on Monday. They just keep on coming. We are wrapping up here on the Fasteners, etc. post-game show. Thank you to everybody who's been a part of it, whether you're listening, calling, texting, what have you. Appreciate the kind thoughts, Mitch. We we did think the Illini played some, some pretty solid defense. I, I think it was more the, the offensive breakdowns here for the Illini today. Game time on Monday is 8 p.m. We'll have a full block of sports coverage starting at 4 with Sports Talk pregame at 6, tip-off at 8, and then we'll be back for a post-game show. So we hope you can all be a part of that. And one last good one here, Michael, on the text slide, talking about uh, freshman mistakes could be corrected back in the day when freshmen didn't play, but uh, freshmen have been eligible now for 51 years. Uh, so the, that 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 time has long gone, and I don't think there there's any problems with the these guys. Jay Neps belongs. Ty Rogers belongs. Um, yeah, there, there's there's under the 0405 team. What, what happened to that? <laughs> so yeah, the, it, it's just it's 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 what you live with. And uh, the Illini are learning, and they've got uh, some some big chances here ahead this week. Uh, two home games. Back on the road next Saturday to Ohio State. So uh, they're going to keep coming, and we'll be here for all of them. So uh, once again, thank you to everybody who was a part of the show today. Mike is always excellent on the breakdown, and we'll talk to you again on Monday. Appreciate it, man. All right, and Kathy Reiser's ready to take over Illinois baseball coming up next here on News Talk 1493.9 FM, WDWS Champaign-Urbana. Back to the music on Light Rock 97.5. Thank you, everybody. Scott Beatty, I hope you are ready. We're headed out to you. Have a good rest of your weekend, everybody. The preceding program was an exclusive presentation of News Talk 1493.9 FM WDWS and Light Rock 97.5 FM WHMS Champaign-Urbana, Champaign Multimedia Group Stations.